0: Hello, this is Nik from newslaundry.com, bringing you your daily dose of news. Today is Monday, the 28th of June. With close to 20,000 new cases being reported in the last 24 hours, the number of COVID-19 infections in India inched closer to the 5.5 lakh mark. The death toll rose to 16,459 after 380 deaths were reported. Of the 5.5 lakh cases, 2.1 lakh infections are still active. The centre announced that India's recovery rate has improved to 58.67%. Lauding the government's efforts to curb the spread of the virus, the health ministry said, and I quote, The graded, preemptive and proactive steps taken by the government of India along with the states and union territories for prevention, containment and management of COVID-19 continue to show encouraging results, unquote. The Ministry also announced that India now has 1,047 diagnostic labs for testing coronavirus. Meanwhile, with the country witnessing a continuous surge in the number of cases, the Health Ministry has introduced a range of tests to combat its spread, although the RT-PCR test still remains the gold standard for frontline testing. As the Indian Council of Medical Research, or ICMR, faced a backlash for lack of testing, it introduced other types of tests like Antibody, TrueNAT and CBNAT, That is, tuberculosis tests and antigen testing. However, unlike RT-PCR tests, which continue to be the most accurate method available, antibody tests are only for surveillance purposes and can determine if a patient has previously had coronavirus. The ICMR has also advised antibody testing as only a supplementary to RT-PCR testing. The declaration of the complete lockdown in the country from March twenty fifth had brought a halt to international arrivals at airports, leading to many Indian citizens being stranded abroad. Under the Vande Bharat mission, citizens returning to India from abroad are testing positive for the novel coronavirus. This in turn is posing another challenge to the Pune Municipal Corporation, which is making efforts to contain its spread among local residents. Also in response to the growing Make in India initiative Union Minister Piyush Goyal announced that the center has allowed export of personal protection equipment and medical coveralls with a monthly quota limit of 50 lakh rupees In Maharashtra which still remains the worst affected state in the country with almost 1,59,000 confirmed cases Chief Minister Uddhav Thackeray has decided that the lockdown will not be lifted after June 30th but some relaxations will be granted He said, and I quote, In the last two weeks, we have granted some relaxations, such as local trains for staff from essential services, shops and salons, in a gradual manner. As the number of containment zones in the national capital climbed to 417 from 261, it reported nearly 3,000 new cases of coronavirus today, taking its total case tally to over the 83,000 mark, with 2,623 fatalities. The surge has led the government to start India's first plasma bank at the Institute of Liver and Biliary Sciences and has requested people to donate plasma to save the lives of COVID-19 patients. So far, the government has conducted clinical trials of plasma therapy on 29 patients and the results have been quite positive. In Karnataka's Bengaluru, there has been a consistent doubling of COVID cases. A software development team in the city has been tasked with developing an application that will help patients in getting hospital beds with as much ease as getting a cab. Munshi Modgil, an IAS officer, said, and I quote, We want to create an app for citizens that will work like an Ola or Uber app for access to hospital beds. Only those who test positive will be able to book a hospital bed and will be put on a list. Unquote. As Karnataka revised its quarantine rules for interstate returnees yet again, the three-day institutional quarantine, which was mandatory for returnees from Delhi and Tamil Nadu, has been waived off. However, the seven-day mandatory institutional quarantine will continue for Maharashtra returnees, followed by another week of home quarantine. The increasing number of coronavirus cases have led to an extension of the lockdown in some other states in the northeast. Assam's Kamrup Metropolitan District, which includes Guwahati City, is under total lockdown till July 12, 6pm. In Manipur, the curbs have been extended till July 15. However, the Chief Minister Biren Singh said that the state has decided to allow operation of inter-district bus service from July 1 by strictly maintaining the guidelines issued by the government. Other states that have reimposed lockdowns include Jharkhand, West Bengal, and Assam, while states like Telangana are still mulling over imposing new restrictions. Telangana's Chief Minister K. Chandrasekhar Rao was quoted saying, Reimposition of the lockdown will be a very major decision, and the government machinery and people should be made ready for this. Also, the novel coronavirus has infected the state's Home Minister Mohammed Mahmood Ali, who is now undergoing treatment at a private hospital. Meanwhile, in Haryana too, a BJP legislator has tested positive for COVID-19. New cases have been rising steeply in Tripura, Rajasthan, Andhra Pradesh, Puducherry, Chhattisgarh, Odisha, Karnataka and Nagaland. While cases continue to rise in the country, certain places are showing signs of recovery. Punjab's Health Minister Balbir Singh Sidhu has said that they have managed to contain the spread of COVID-19 to a considerable extent with the efforts of the state government. Also, some states have started engaging in their own personalised ways of curbing the virus. The West Bengal government curiously has decided to come out with a new special type of Shondesh, a sweet, to boost immunity. The sweet will be made with a special type of honey from the Sundarbans. In other news, Uttarakhand is all set to begin the Char Dham Yatra from July 1st, which will only be confined to the state's residents and no pilgrims from outside the state will be allowed. Rajasthan has also decided to open religious places in rural areas from July 1st. For nearly nine years now, Paike Mawa, a 46-year-old woman, has been waiting to return home to Neeram village on the northern bank of the Indravati river in Dantewara district of Chhattisgarh's Bastar. She can only hope. Paike is among the thousands of Adivasis who live in Bastar's Salwa-Judam camps. The Salwa Judum, a counter-insurgency militia of Adivasi villagers and surrendered Naxalites, backed by the security forces, ran amok in the region in the second half of the 2000s, murdering, raping, pillaging and burning down entire villages. By one estimate, they emptied about 644 villages and herded their inhabitants to internment camps. They also forced villagers to join their ranks under the threat of violence. This was meant to deprive the rebels of local support networks. It devastated Adivasi communities. By 2011, when the Supreme Court declared the militia illegal and ordered its disbanding, there were 48,000 people in its 23 camps across Bastar. In the years since, thousands of Adivasis have found their way back home, but over 15,000 are still stuck in the camps. Like Paike. Paike lives in Dantewara's Kasoli camp, which once doubled up as a training facility for the Salwa Paike said, and I quote, I have been living in this camp for 10 years even though I was tired of this place within months of arriving. I didn't come here by choice. Police called people from our village for a meeting. But when they got here, they were arrested and put in the camp. My husband was among them. Once he was interned, I had to come as well. The police labeled us as Naxals, while the Naxals still call us Salvajudam. This is an excerpt from the final part of our reporter Pratik Goyal's four-part series on Chhattisgarh's Adivasi prisoners. The series was a part of our News Laundry Sena project, an initiative that allows readers like you to fund the stories that you want to hear. So here's a big shout-out to all the 35 readers who contributed to make this series see the light of day. Thank you Manaskaram Belkar, Abhimanyu Chetoshya, Adnan Khalid, Siddharth Sharma, Sudarshana Mukhopadhyay, Shreya Bhattacharya, Abhishek Singh and other News Laundry Sena members. Listeners, we have many other stories under News Laundry Sena. You can contribute to our next project called Long Wait for Home and help to keep news free and independent. Go to the website newslaundry.com for more details. Now for some international updates on the virus. The global total of deaths passed 500,000, while the number of confirmed cases surpassed 10 million. The bleak markers were crossed as countries around the world struggle to contain new infections while they are simultaneously trying to emerge from lockdowns. In April, roughly a month after the World Health Organization declared the outbreak as a pandemic, deaths had topped 100,000. In early May, the figure climbed to 250,000. Now, it has doubled in less than two months. More than a quarter of all known deaths have been in the United States. Public health officials say that the number of confirmed infections may be substantially underestimated. Data released last week by the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention indicated that the actual figures in many regions are probably 10 times higher. The recent rise in the US is mainly in the South and the West, forcing some states to reconsider their reopening plans. US Health Secretary Alex Azar has warned that the window is closing on the country's chance to take action effectively to curb the virus. Other countries, particularly Brazil, including India, are also seeing a massive wave of new infections. But several countries that took early steps to contain and track the pandemic have been able to control the virus within their borders. Experts, however, fear that fatigue with the lockdowns and social distancing has allowed the virus to spread with even more intensity globally. In the U.S., Vice President Mike Pence urged the public to wear masks during a visit to Texas on Sunday. This comes just a few days after he appeared at the White House's Corona Task Force press briefing without a mask. Pence is expected to visit Florida and Arizona, also virus hotspots, in the coming days for similar briefings. Officials in Arizona announced more than 3,800 new cases on Sunday, a single-day record. In Florida, more than 8,500 new cases were announced for the third consecutive day. Pence, however, declined to directly answer a question about whether President Trump's refusal to wear a mask was responsible for the high number of Texans and others who do not wear masks when they are in crowded areas. New York still has the country's highest number of COVID cases and deaths, but the day-to-day numbers have been steadily falling. Florida, meanwhile, which is among the states not mandating masks, rushed to reopen and on Friday reported its highest number of new cases in one day, with close to 9,000 new infections. Brazil recorded over 30,000 new cases of the novel coronavirus in the last 24 hours and more than 500 fresh fatalities. The nation now has crossed 1.3 million confirmed cases and over 57,000 deaths. A report by advocacy group Vote LGBT has found that one in four unemployed gay and trans Brazilians has lost their jobs recently during the coronavirus outbreak, almost double of the nation's overall rate. This highlights how LGBT citizens of Brazil are being disproportionately impacted by COVID-19 job losses. UK Prime Minister Boris Johnson will announce a massive spending plan today to boost Britain's coronavirus-hit economy. This comes as pressure grows on the government over its handling of the crisis. Johnson has admitted that the coronavirus outbreak has been a disaster for the UK, but the pandemic will give the country a chance to do things better and bounce back. Johnson's new package of measures is intended to meet the unprecedented challenge the pandemic has posed to the economy and restore the government's standing. China has imposed a strict lockdown on nearly half a million people in a province surrounding Beijing to contain a fresh cluster. Authorities warn that the outbreak is still severe and complicated. Health officials say that Anshin County will be fully enclosed and controlled with the same strict measures imposed during the peak of the pandemic in Wuhan. The move comes after another 14 cases of the virus were reported in the last 24 hours in Beijing, taking the total to 311 and prompting millions of tests. According to a Guardian report, the strictly enforced coronavirus lockdown in the Philippines has badly disrupted access to family planning services. It has been warned that this could lead to the highest number of births in the country in two decades. Movement restrictions imposed in March prevented both patients and medical staff from reaching clinics for months and are now causing shortages of condoms and other contraceptives in some areas. The Catholic majority country has recorded more than 35,000 cases, including over 1,200 deaths. Sri Lanka officially lifted its nationwide lockdown on Sunday after a selective curfew was reimposed a month ago during a surge in coronavirus infections. The island nation imposed the lockdown on March 20th and lifted it gradually over the last two months, although a nighttime curfew remains in place. Now for some non coronavirus news. Gunmen have attacked the Pakistan Stock Exchange in Karachi, killing two security guards and a police officer. Special forces surrounded the compound and attackers were killed. According to the latest reports, 10 have been killed, including the four gunmen. Seven people were injured in the incident. The attackers arrived in a car at the Stock Exchange gates around 10am this morning, armed with rifles, explosives and hand grenades. They began firing shots and throwing explosives at the security guards at the entrance. The building is in a high-security zone and houses the Pakistan State Bank as well as the headquarters of the national and international financial institutions. Reports say that most people in the stock exchange managed to escape or hide in locked rooms. Those inside the building were evacuated from the back door. The Pakistan Stock Exchange said on Twitter, and I quote, "...the situation is still unfolding and management, with the help of security forces, is managing the security and controlling the situation." There was no immediate claim for responsibility. Karachi has been put on high alert now. The additional Inspector General of Police of Karachi has directed to tighten security of all important offices and trading centres across the city. Now for some homegrown stuff from Newslaundry.com Thousands of women and children are trafficked to and from the northeast across international borders from children who are brought to work in rat hole mines in Meghalaya to young girls who are sold into prostitution. The issue was a systematic failure. The only way to combat it effectively was to develop a comprehensive anti-human trafficking model that could be applied not just in India but across Southeast Asia. And that is exactly what Hasina Karbi and her Impulse NGO team did. The impulse model brings together government departments, law enforcement agencies, judiciary, civil society organizations, private institutions and the media to pool in their resources to tackle the complex issue. If you want to know more about the issue, watch my interview with Hasina Karbi on Newslaundry.com. Not only did she explain the model in detail, but she also shared her personal journey as an Indian woman working in the anti-human trafficking sector. To watch the complete interview, subscribe to Newslaundry. The reason why we are able to bring you content like this that is ignored by mainstream media is because we are a hundred percent ad free news platform. Support us and subscribe. That's all for today. Have a great day or a good night, depending on where you're listening from. See you tomorrow. All the news laundry podcasts are available on Stitcher, iTunes, and any other podcast platform. Please subscribe to Newslaundry.